0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the second morning service of Sunday the 17th of October 2010, entitled Operation Rescue, and the Bible reading is taken from Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We thank you, Bill and Gene, for who said your faithfulness and what the Lord has allowed you to be a part of their in Peru, and uh, so I just want to read a couple of verses, don't have any points to make, no sermon written out, just a couple of scripture verses written down, Um, because uh, I don't really want to uh, try to add to what uh, they're saying, I just want to take a couple of verses and tie in, you know that uh, you really, uh, if you had your radio or TV on at all earlier this week, then uh, it's impossible for you to have missed the fact of what took place with all the minors there in Chile, and, uh, and of course I guess it's been especially pertinent pertinent to us with uh, Sister Angelica being part of our congregation. Of course, uh, again, as as Bill and Jean spent time there uh, themselves, and uh, and it's something that's been before the whole world. And uh, last night at the uh, at the nursing home. Uh, Brother S- Steve used that account and, uh, and and made a very good application with it. Uh, and uh, I want to remind you of what took place there, but I want to kind of make an application from the other side because, with Brother Steve, as he shared about those thirty-three miners and and of course all the work that it took to to drill that hole to get down there to them and. Uh, again, uh, nobody really knew, uh, with all the work that had gone into the engineering, just how smoothly it was going to work. Until that capsule was in place and and it was actually working, but none of that would have made any difference whatsoever. If those men down in that mine, when that capsule was brought down to them, which was their only way, uh, the scripture text that he was using, the only way for them to be translated. Uh, out of that um, mind that they were in, Uh, the darkness, the pit, into the light. didn't matter that everything that had happened, that capsule was there, if they didn't get into the capsule. Uh, And, of course, uh, a very pertinent illustration. But, you know, those men, when they came out, they had the Scripture text that was on the back of their shirts and I think it was about 20 of the 33 or something like that, a, a lot of them anyway. And, uh, and of course, uh, on the front of it, uh, it had Gracias, Señor, which was their way of saying thank you, Lord. Uh, and on the back, it had the scripture text from Psalm 95, uh, verse 4, which says, "'In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also.'" And, uh, and that was what many of them wore out of there. Well, I'd like you just to turn back a few pages in your Bible to the 40th Psalm. I'd like to read you another, just the first three verses of that Psalm. And Here the Word of God says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. One of the prayers that we have prayed all along is that we knew that there was at least one and probably more born-again Christians down amongst those miners in that pit. And one of the prayers that we've prayed is not only for their safety and their rescue, but that God would use that to speak to their hearts, that they might be saved from more than just that physical pit. We find that if you notice when they came up out of that pit and when they got out of that capsule And yes, one of the things that Steve pointed out last night was the president himself. There was no higher-ranking authority in that country that could have greeted them along with one of their relatives. And of course, one day we have that same thing to look forward to. There's no higher-ranking king than the one that will greet us when we're translated into glory. And for some of us already that have loved ones and family that have gone on before us, uh, that greeting that we look forward to of seeing them once again. You know, one thing that you noticed when they came out of that capsule also was that they had on these dark sunglasses. And one of the, on one of the news reports, the doctor that was there that was talking at the time said that uh, you know, they may have to wear those glasses for at least up to a week uh, to give their eyes enough time because they had been in the darkness of those pits for so long that even just coming out into normal daylight, it was such a, a shock to their eyes because they had gotten accustomed to that darkness where they were living. Well, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, of course we know that so often in Scripture that the illustration of darkness and light in our spiritual lives is very pertinent, it's used often. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, I'd like to read three verses beginning in verse, or four verses beginning in verse 76. And of course, as we look here, we find that this is speaking uh, of the birth of John the Baptist. It says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. You see, John had a job to do. But as we sing that song earlier, he was just preparing the way for the one that could really lead them from the darkness into the light, which was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But that was an awesome responsibility that John had. But yet there was only one way, one way only. Those men, they had no other way of getting out of that pit except to get into that capsule and put their faith in those that had designed it, those cables that were hauling them up, and, and even the reporters that got in there later said there was just no way to really describe, you know, the, the close quarters that they were in. And, of course, as they were coming up out of there, the complete darkness with nothing but rock that was facing by them, all they could do was trust that that would get them to the top and once again out of the pit and out of the darkness into the light with the ones that they loved. But it was the only way out. They had no other option. They would either get in that capsule or they had to stay in the pit. And, of course, that was John the Baptist's job as he came. There was one way, one way. That was the one that he was preparing the way for, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was coming to give light to them that sit in darkness. We find that at the conversion of the Apostle Paul that in Acts chapter 26, of course, we, we won't read all of it because we know that how that Jesus met Paul there on the Damascus Road that day, the conversation that was taking place, and this is part of what was said back to the Apostle Paul as far as his reason. Now remember, this is at his conversion. We find in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, as Jesus himself is telling the Apostle Paul, just what is before him, he says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. See, he was called at his conversion and he was called for a reason. And that was, again, to carry that one, the one way, the only way. He was being chosen to go to the Gentiles, the apostle to the Gentiles, that their eyes might be open, that they might be able to be delivered from that darkness that they were trapped in, into the light. From the day that he became a Christian, that was his awesome responsibility. I want to give you two other passages that deal more specifically with us today. The first of all, the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, and in verse 9. Peter says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you know that it's already crazy in some instances what these miners are being offered by the public, by the TVs, by the movie makers, by by the journalists and all these because they want their story. They want to know how they were delivered from that dark pit where they were trapped into the light. The Apostle Peter's writing to us here, of course, in spiritual terms, and he's saying that we ought to be that same way. That we ought to be showing forth the praises of Him that has called us from darkness into marvelous light. Do you think that any of those miners, when they reached the top, do you think they weren't rejoicing? <laughs> and if they weren't happy, they were glad to be there and they were happy to tell anybody that wanted to know the bible saying that that ought to be a natural thing in us as christians do we forget where we came from do we forget what we were delivered from he's saying we ought to be singing the praises and shouting the praises of him that has delivered us from the darkness into the light we looked at this passage I, I, I can't remember now, just one or two weeks back, I think, on a Sunday evening in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Word of God says there in verses 3 to 7, He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, why would He want to do that? lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He doesn't want them to see the light. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we... Have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There's not a one of us on their own that can rescue anyone from the pit or the darkness. But the power of God is sufficient we ought to be shouting and proclaiming. You see, I want you to think of one simple thought as we come to a close in this service this morning. Brother Steve pointed out rightly so that it didn't matter. It didn't matter what work had gone into it and how well that that capsule worked. If those men chose not to trust it and not to get into it, they had no other way to be saved from where they were. But what about this today, folks. We've had this precious couple before us that have shared their lives with the people of South America and Chile and Peru, a people that many of them were in darkness, that the God of this world had blinded their minds. Why? Lest they see the light because he doesn't want them to see the Lord Jesus Christ in the things that these missionaries are doing. You see, what if, what was it, 66 something like that days that they were down in there? We can remember back when we first heard the news of the cave-ins and some that were safe and the some that had been pinned in there. Well, What if, knowing that those 33 men were in there, knowing that there was a way maybe to get to them, we just said, well, it's not worth the trouble. It's not worth all that it would take to get them out. You see, today all around us, folks, we need to be reminded of where we've been delivered from and that folks all around us, yes, in South America, but the people that live next door to you, the people that live in the city of Birmingham. As a matter of fact, you could take a dart and throw it at that world map back there. And unless you landed in the middle of the ocean... (laughs) You're going to land somewhere where somebody needs the light. They need to be delivered from the darkness. And you know the simple truth is today as Christians, we know that they're there. We know that they're trapped. We know that there is absolutely no other way that they can be delivered from that pit. There is no other way that they can come from that darkness into that light except in Christ alone. It's the only way. There is nothing else. There's no other escape. Or one day, one day, they will be trapped in a pit for eternity. Folks, we know that they're there. And we have been given the responsibility. The Lord Jesus Christ is recorded in all of the Gospels, and the Acts, and the principle is given to us in other places that it's our responsibility. A great privilege to be an ambassador, to be a a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, an awesome responsibility because people all around us, they're stuck in the darkness. They're in the pit. There's only one way of escape. And you know what? The Bible teaches us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. All the sad stories in the world, all the emotional tear jerks. Nothing will save them except the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth is, no man, no man is without excuse when he looks at God's creation that there's a God out there that he exists. But you can't look at nature in the world and know what Jesus did for you. It's only God's word that carries that truth. Because not only is it By faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. How many times, you know, God's glorious grace. But there's only one avenue, there's only one road, there's only one street, there's only one path that you can get to that grace, and it's called faith. But how will they hear? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear unless somebody is sent to give them this precious truth? There's not an individual here today, no matter how young or how old, no matter what your background is, no matter what your sex or race or anything else is, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. God will use you. There is no question about that. The simple truth is, is that people need to be rescued. But I mean, what would you have thought? What would you have thought of the Chilean government? What would you have thought of all of those that that had the, the know-how to get those men out of there if they'd said it was just too much trouble? They didn't have the time. They didn't have the money. Whatever it was. Is there anything in your mind in your heart that would have been a sufficient enough excuse Not to try, not to go after those men. That's my simple challenge to you today. Wow, we're all rejoicing for those minors, as we well ought to be. But let it remind us also that there are many people around each and every one of us that without the Lord Jesus Christ, they're in a far worse trap and situation than those miners were. And we know, we know the only way that they can be delivered from that pit, that they can be delivered from that darkness back into the light. Are we willing, seriously, to do all that we possibly can to see that they're rescued? Father, we thank you this morning so much for for Bill and Jean and, Lord, their faithfulness, the heart for the people that you have sent them to work with. Lord, we thank you from the depths of our heart that you have, Lord, allowed our lives to cross and that we as a church have been able to have at least a small part in what you have allowed them to do there in South America. We truly thank you, Lord. And, Father, we pray that through their faithfulness and that which they have shown us today, the many people that you have privileged them to work with and to see come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, as we are reminded of those things today, Lord, as we look and think upon what took place, not just this past week, but, Lord, all the things leading up to that over the past two months there in Chile. Lord, I pray it would challenge our hearts. I pray that we would realize, Lord, as we recognize what you have done for us, as we remember where you brought us from, we remember the situation that those around us are in, in their darkness. Lord, I pray that you would just challenge our hearts to the great joy, to the great privilege, that, Lord, we can get excited about setting people free. It shouldn't be a burden to us. It shouldn't be something that, Lord, is, is, is somehow bogging us down. It should be something that we rejoice and get excited over the fact that, that we can have a part, that there's still hope, because until the Lord Jesus Christ returns, they can be rescued. Father, I pray that you would help us Lord, to go out and to do all that we can to see others set free. See others be willing to trust their lives, to get into that capsule, to get into that ark. Lord, there's only one way, and that's in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Lord, I pray earnestly that if there is anyone in this congregation this morning, Lord, religion is not enough. Good deeds are not enough. Baptism is not enough. I pray, Lord, if there be anyone here this morning that truly has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His finished work for us. Lord, I pray they would be reminded this day that they need the Savior, that the Savior is there for them. And I pray, Lord, that even before this service comes to a close, before they leave this place today, Lord, help them not to procrastinate, help them not to put it off. If they're privileged to have the Holy Spirit showing them and dealing with their hearts today, then I pray, God, they would simply follow their pride humble themselves and put their faith and trust in the only one that can deliver them and his name is jesus for it's in his name we pray amen mm-hmm.